0: extra excited because the end of our camp love experience, and I am excited to tell you that we had 15 kids. Eight of them are children that we haven't seen on a Sunday morning in the past, at least eight months since I've been here. So if you do the math, we had eight students who, who we haven't seen, which are reaching new people, making new disciples. And we had seven of our own, who we've seen over the past eight months. So it was a delightful week, um, and I'm excited to share a little bit more about that with you. You saw on the video there were lots of smiles throughout the two days, um, but there are actual stories that go with each one of those smiles. Um, So I am extra excited to be here this morning. But we are continuing in this series of Walking with Integrity. Walking with Integrity. And last week, Pastor Kirk told us that we needed to be walking in godliness. He gave us the little jingle, work that body, work that body, just make sure you don't hurt nobody. I was singing that all week, Wednesday and Thursday, and I had other songs in my head. But it really is true. We have to work our body in order to not hurt nobody, and this week at the church, we certainly worked as a body of Christ. Our body of Christ was working like a well-oiled machine. I know that outside of the camp we also had a mission team here within the church. There were 70, some I couldn't count them all. they didn't stay in one place at one time, but there were over 70 children and adults here from Arkansas. And so we had people shoveling back and forth to the middle of nowhere and back again. We have people who've been praying for the past month for Camp Love. We had folks drop off supplies for Camp Love, and some of y'all actually got to come and have fun with the kids. But right now, if you either prayed for Camp Love, or if you helped serve at Camp Love, or brought in anything, or helped shuttle our wishing team, around. would you mind standing for a moment? Yes. Amen for that. Thank you. with God about me, and it's not, but we are are told we are to celebrate and encourage one another, and I am encouraged about how much our body of Christ worked our body in this past week, because to reach new people to make disciples of Jesus Christ, it is a whole body activity, it's not just a one person activity. Pastor Kurt also told us that we need to, to walk in godliness with our relationships, we need to make sure our relationships continue to work them. And we need to make sure we continue to be productive. And boy, were we productive this week. And we were productive in making relationships. Even though it rained, I mean
1: if anybody else wants a little coffee on Thursday, know that it rained
0: on Thursday. My prayer Thursday morning was, Oh Lord, please bring back the kids that came yesterday. That's all just bring back the kids that came, even though it's raining. I can tell you that. Two of our campers who came at the tail end of Tuesday, Wednesday, tail end, they wanted nothing to do. They were too tough for that. They were the first two there Thursday, the very first two. They were there, they were ready to go. And by the end of the day on Thursday, they were giving the answers to the story of the resurrection. And they were having fun and internalizing the words of the silly songs that you we were singing. That church is definitely a God story to say amen about. Amen? amen. Mm-hmm. So, so we made those relationships. Our attendance increased from Wednesday to Thursday because we had connections. We started building relationships. And that's what it's all about. But today, we're continually talking about walking. In integrity, by again looking at Thessalonians and looking at the scripture that that Paul is talking to the to the church in Thessalonia, and this is about the day of the Lord. This chapter, chapter five in First Thessalonians, this is a, this is about Jesus' return. Now, when we were planning Camp Love, we didn't really. Necessarily, pay attention to every little detail about what would be happening on this Sunday um, and what scripture we would be talking about. And, and we didn't really um, look at, okay, so during this week, these are the stories we're going to talk about. But I really think that this is the next part of the story for everyone. You see, on, on Wednesday, we told the story about two, well, not two, they were multiple friends. It was a paralyzed man. Who had been living on a mat? This was our mat, no reds. <laughs> and, and he had lived on a mat his entire life. He was paralyzed. He couldn't walk. But he and his friends believed in this man named Jesus, who they had heard about. And they had believed that if they could just get their friend to Jesus, he could be healed. They loved their friend so much that they carried him from their house to the house where Jesus was. And they couldn't go through the front door because there were too many people. So they carried this friend all the way up to the roof. We learned that carrying somebody on a mat, even a short distance, was really hard. So that they had to really love their friend. They carry their friend all the way up to the roof and lower him at the feet of Jesus. They lowered him at the feet of Jesus, and Jesus saw their faith. They saw that these friends had walked in faithfulness. To Jesus and he healed the baby. But these friends didn't just say, oh great, I'm healed, now I'm just going to go home, have a great life, everybody. They worshiped God all the way home. So they shared what they knew about Jesus. We played silly games that took teamwork. And, and you can see here in the pictures, oh, they're a little dark. The picture on the far right, okay, there's a game about the tarp. Everybody had to stand on top of the tarp. And they had to get it flipped over to the other side without taking their feet off the tarp. Sounds a little bit impossible, like dragging their friend all the way up to a roof and lowering them. But this group of kids figured it out. And then another really cool God story was that when we went to our outreach project, we did something with them that, that we believe in as a church is important. It helps share Jesus we invited them to write a prayer request for someone that they care about. Because sometimes it's hard to share Jesus with our friends, but we know people who are hurting. And two of the kids said, hey, I've written one of these before. Did you get it out of your prayer box? One of the families that they can't love has used our prayer drop box. So does prayer work? Yeah. That was amazing to share that. Their grandmother was with them, which they know is mom. And she was in tears as she was telling us this story. That somebody cared about them so much that they would pray for them. That is a blessing. Then on day two, the story continued from Jesus being alive to learning about. Jesus' death. The kids learned that, that sin makes us look dirty. You saw in the uh, video, you saw Johnny, one of our kids, put his hand out like this. And we talked about what sin is and what it looks like and how if we would take, take this hand and put it on this tablecloth, mom and dad might not be so happy. Just like our sin doesn't make God happy. We can't touch the glory of God or come close to it with dirty hands. But thankfully, God loved us so much that he sent Jesus to take away our sins. Jesus loves us so much that in the words of one of the little boys that, well, Jesus was back into the because God loves us. And then he died. He died because people put him on some wood and put nails in his hands and his feet. Now, this child could have heard this before. I don't know. But as he said it, he saw that thing fall. And that is definitely a God's story. Amen? <laughs> but you see, if we truly believe that God was us so much that he sent Jesus to save us, If we truly believe that everything that Jesus said was true, the next piece of the story is he's coming again. If we believe that he died for us, we have to believe he's coming again. And what Paul was doing in this scripture was reminding us, hey guys, I know you believe all of this, but..." He's coming again. Don't forget. And everything Paul writes about, everything, comes directly from what Jesus said in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all talk about Jesus saying, okay, disciples, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to die. I'm going to come back to life.
1: And now, you have to be
0: careful, though, because people are going to say, I'm going to come back. And they're going to say, I I am Messiah. I come back to take you all home. Don't trust them. There are going to be people who say, "I know when Jesus is returning," but you're not going to know when I'm coming back. Paul is reminding his church everything that Jesus had already said. This isn't just good advice brought to you by Paul. These are Jesus' words. Now, they are not his exact words, but sometimes for people to understand what you're trying to say, you have to phrase it in a little bit different way. Just like the little boy who had never maybe got how much Jesus really loved him. He understood it when someone said Jesus was put on some wood. He remembered the wood part, not that it was a cross, but it was wood. And he had nails in his hands, and it was feet. And you see, the part in the verse that we're going to focus on today is be careful what you think, because it shapes your thoughts. In our scripture today, Paul says to guard our heart and our mind, he, he uses those warrior terms of putting the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation that he used back when he was talking to the church at Ephesus. And he also uses those words that he used with the church of Corinth, to have the love and the hope and the faithfulness. You see, because our hearts are what is the most important piece here, not just our minds, but our hearts. We can have all the Bible knowledge we want. We can believe fully that Jesus is our hope and our salvation, but without, without it changing our hearts, our light is going to shine. Without our heart breaking, what breaks God's heart <coughs> is really a change. I can know Jesus loves me, or the Bible tells me so. But until I feel that love for myself, until I feel what breaks this heart, Can that grace not flow to others? It reminds me of an orange. Just regular orange. It's not a prop. It's a real orange. You can smell it. it. It smells like an orange. It's sticky like an orange. And this orange, you would think, if it was put in water, it would sink. Because an orange is kind of heavy. It's not exactly light, like a feather. But when you put it in water, It actually closed. It actually flows. But can you eat an orange with peel on? You can, but it's not going to taste so great. When we take the orange out of the peel, we get to the fleshy part. We get to the part that that we like to eat that is yummy. But if this orange was hanging on a tree outside, it would also be vulnerable to any animal, much more vulnerable. You can smell it more, that's for sure. It's definitely more sticky. I'm guessing bees would have a hay below birds and squirrels and anything else. I don't live in Florida, so I'm not sure what animals actually eat the oranges off the orange trees. But this is, imagine this is your heart. And it's not protected. It's not protected. Imagine this is your heart and you don't have that breastplate on. You are working that working body so you don't hurt nobody. You're not connecting with people. So you're vulnerable. You're vulnerable to the sin that keeps us separated from God. What happens to this orange? It's a lot lighter than the one with the rock. But it sinks. It sinks. You see, if, if we as a church and we as individuals don't protect ourselves constantly, we can sink real easily. And if we are sinking, then we're not ready. We're not ready for the return of Jesus. We may not even believe that he's coming back again because, you know, he said that, like, forever. Forever. He said that before it was even A B. But we have to constantly be working together to ensure that we are protecting our mind and what we think. We are protecting our heart so that we as a church and us as individuals are ready. That, that is why Paul was writing this and at the end of that he says, and to encourage each other, as I know you are doing. So, this wasn't a letter that says, You're not doing it, you've got to be doing it now. It was a letter that's just a reminder hey, guys, remember, I'm cheering you on from where I am. And that's why I hope you guys don't get tired of me being excited and cheering you on, because I truly believe in our mission. Our mission as a church is to, tr- is to reach new people and make new disciples of Jesus Christ. I truly believe that God loves us so much that he brought Jesus to die for us and he's coming back. And when we, when we believe that, we have to be cheering each other on. I don't believe that Jesus just came for me. I don't believe that Jesus just came for you. I believe Jesus came for everybody. The kids that came to camp love. The parents. I believe Jesus came for the homeless man down by the river. I believe Jesus came for the drug addict around the corner. It is not my job to judge anyone else. Thank goodness. It is only my job to love. To love like Jesus loved. As a church, that is our job as well. But we can't do that well if we're not protecting one another. Staying in his word, working together, and especially encouraging one another. I know in some circles that can't love and having 15 children would be not exactly a success story. Some folks may, may consider it something that would be a failure. I would make the difference. People didn't look at Jesus after the story of the paralyzed man and say, well, Jesus, you only performed one miracle in that house that day, so it wasn't a very good day for you. One more person knew Jesus. That was a success. And that one person has a ripple effect. So we don't know exactly if we're going to see all of those 18th people in the next service. We don't know. We hope so. That's what our prayer is. But we don't know what the future fruitfulness looks like either. We don't hear again about the paralyzed man and what he might have done with his friends or his family. The conversions that could have happened there. We don't hear about it. I think he probably changed some people's lives. Seeing that once he laid on the mat, he couldn't move. And now, was walking. This Jesus must be real. The kids that we saw were impacted. That is what I know. They have little reminders and logos logo, to remind them to pray that Jesus is always there, regardless of if it's day or night. They know that this place is a place where they can come to feel love. That is a success. And a church, I'm going to continue encouraging you with each and every single new person. It's not just about a vast amount of people. I would much rather have eight brand new kids that I know really well and tell you a story about every single one of them than 120 that I don't even know their names. Because if we know 120 people but yet don't have a story about them, we aren't working that relationship. And if we aren't working the relationship, we're not walking in godliness. So to continue to walk with integrity, church, we have to continue to walk in faithfulness that as we take a step in one direction, we're guarding our heart, we're guarding our mind, and we're encouraging one another. Church, you have encouraged me this past week. And I know that the bulletin looks a little different. We look a little bit different this morning. But that's so when our visitors come, when our guests come, they may feel a little bit more comfortable. Which means they may get a little bit more Jesus enough. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that you came You showed us how to live. You showed us what integrity really looks like. How to walk in true godliness and continue to live our life in faithfulness. Father, we thank you that you came and you not just came and you died for us. You allowed our sins to be taken you, will, you allowed us to have that hope of salvation because when you came, you died and you rose again. You conquered death just like you said you would. And Father, we now wait patiently, ready for you to return. Not that we want you to return right now today, but Father, We want to be ready. We want to do everything we can to reach new people and make new disciples in your name. So Father, today we give you all the glory for all of your goodness. Amen.